everybody. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible together, out loud, chapter by chapter. Looking at Psalm 78 again, it was a really... Uh, it was, a, it was quite a task to try to get through Psalm 78 yesterday. This is the second longest psalm in the Psalter, like we were talking about. It, it's so epic in its scope. It's it's almost like a, like a sermon more than a psalm, and it just talks about the whole you know history of God's people, and we saw the way it really focuses on the Passover and the Exodus, and it gets to that idea, if you're not hearing about the Exodus, if you're not hearing about the plagues of Egypt, if you're not thinking about what God has done in his salvation, that means you're forgetting it, and that means there's no way we're going to follow him and have our hearts continually reshaped into that obedience of faith. So, I mean, very very uh, profound thing here, uh, beautiful language. Today we're going to take another look at it because we didn't have a chance to talk about so what's it talking about, um, you know, Ephraim, and how Ephraim was faithless, and, and how that situation, uh, generations later, was sort of like the wilderness wandering all over again. So this is going to be really cool today, because I think we'll be able to connect that situation back to, to the Exodus, like we've been looking at, um, and then hopefully also be able to connect our own situation then back to the Exodus and see some parallels there. So really good stuff today. And, jo and joining us today uh, on this uh, special occasion, looking over Psalm 78, uh, as we're in the midst of uh, the KFUO share making some of these really cool connections, we've got our one of our regular guests. We've got uh, Pastor Nabil Noor, uh, pastor at Trinity Lutheran Church in Hartford, uh, South Dakota, also one of the vice presidents of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Good morning. It is so good, brother, to, to have you on again. How are you? Well, blessed morning, my brother. I am richly blessed and highly favored. Indeed. Indeed. Amen. And how are the, how are the brothers and sisters in Hartford? Well, uh, the saints are uh, rejoicing uh, because we have really been blessed, uh, unlike many of the other states uh, where we have been able to continue doing ministry. Um, you know, we've never really shut our doors, even though we had limited numbers, but we continue to do ministry of word and sacrament. Uh -huh. And so the saints are coming back slowly, but ever surely. And the word and the sacrament continue to be administered and um, services in the kingdom to enhance and enlarge and to equip the saints continues to go on daily. And so we are thankful for the privilege Praise God. Praise God. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. And uh, yeah, and, and also, like I was saying, just really glad to, to have you back with us and to be looking. Um, I, I mean, I really always appreciate having you on when we're looking at some of the stuff in the Hebrew and looking today at, at some poetry here. And uh, really good to be able to talk about some of this stuff here that we we didn't have a chance to talk about today. We read over the, the whole psalm yesterday, and we really focused on the, the Exodus theme, but it's just so interesting how in this in this psalm, this uh, this psalm of Asaph, this maskeel, how he connects all that Exodus stuff uh, to what seems to be the situation that he's writing in. Um, you know, talking about Ephraim, talking about Judah, uh, making some comparisons. So um, yeah, I mean, it's just really interesting how you, you've got this, and and you need to make sure that uh, as as we're reading, right, like you you have these different different tribes, these different parts of Israel firmly in mind, so we 
we, we kind of get the comparison, right? Correct. Well, first, let me share the good news. Today is my 26th anniversary of being a foot washer in the service of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So I have much to be thankful for. Praise God. Praise God. Sec- secondly, I get to join you around the world in proclaiming uh, thy strong word so that people may ponder this word and be encouraged to really reflect, not just read the scripture, but to study it, mull it over in their head and in their hearts, and consider what does this word have to do with me today? How does the word of God shape me so that I might be his humble servant, receive all his promises that he has given to us, and to realize the goodness that God provides for us Even as we look back in history, it helps us to look forward to his story. So let me make this again so that our saints may hear and understand. It is good for us to look back to history and look ahead for his story. So what you Mm -hmm. have in Psalm 78 is an overview of God's leading baptismal waters in the Red Sea the leading of the night and day through fire and cloud, the supplying of food. Everything that you see, it is uh, looking back. But you also look forward to what Christ has done. Israel reduced to one, and Jesus becomes our light. I am the light of the world. I am the bread of life. I am... Uh, the water of life. Anybody that comes to me will never be thirsty again. And so when you look at that, you have to keep in perspective what the Israel of old could not do. The new Israel, the one who has been called, as Hosea 11.1 tells us, has been brought out of Egypt. And by looking back, we see the history, and it teaches us not to repeat the stupidity and um, the foolishness of the old people, but to continue to look forward to his story of salvation revealed for us on the cross of Calvary. Uh, That's well said, and that's a helpful review of what we were talking about yesterday. Um, Just really, we talked a lot about that uh, idea of how uh, faith is always, always looking back um, and always looking forward, just like you were saying. And um, in that way, it's not like it's a totally new faith. It, it's not like it's a totally new people of God. Um, it, we are the, the same, the same seed, the same family. They are, they were in Christ as much as, as we are. It's the only way salvation's ever existed. So, um, yeah, well, I appreciate the, the that. That thing, helps. Yeah, go ahead. The other thing, the other thing that we have to remember, if you read the Psalm and put your name in it, you know, give ear, oh, my people, replace it to this. Give ear, O Nabil. Okay, and you can put your right. name or Andy or Jenny or whoever. Well, God is talking to you even today because the Word of God never disappears or fades away. The Word of God is certain. That's the one thing in life that we can be counted on. The Word of God will never pass away. So by looking back, We say, Lord, help us not to repeat our um, faithlessness. Help us to be faithful 
And, you know, if you don't know where right. you have come from, you have no idea where you're going. That's what the whole point yep. of going forward, uh, looking back, excuse me, because if you don't know where you have come from, how can you know where you're going? But realizing what the Israelites went through, we realize what has happened to us in our own Red Sea baptism. We realize that we were sinners and God has made us and saved us. And it is in that concept and it is in that hope that we cherish these words because they apply to me. Don't just read them, oh, that's what the people of old did. No, this is for you and for me today. Ab- absolutely. I think that, that does an excellent job uh, setting the table here. Um, it is it is already, <laughs> uh, we got off to a little bit of late start. That was my fault. Uh, it's already time for our, our first break, though, uh, since, since we are in the midst of Sherathon here. But when we get back, we will actually just go ahead and dive into these uh, sections uh, on Ephraim and Jacob and, and making the connections. Yeah. And, and like yeah. just like uh, you were saying, brother, seeing how it's not just for way back when but it's for us too. So everybody, we'll be right back looking at Psalm 78 here on Thy Strong Word in just a minute. phone lines are open. Please call and support the worldwide ministry of KFUO now at 314-821-0850 or toll free 1-800-730-2727. Please support the worldwide outreach of KFUO during share by calling in with your gift today. Call 314-821-0850 or toll free 1-800-730-2727. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're joined today by our guest, Pastor Nabil Noor, pastor at Trinity Lutheran Church in Hartford, South Dakota, also one of our vice presidents of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. And we're looking at Psalm 78 again. Uh, we just kind of reviewed a little bit of what we were talking about yesterday, got, got our our bearings kind of reoriented again as we're looking at this big song. Uh, we're going to go ahead and, and review now some of these key parts that we didn't have a chance to talk about yesterday um, and just figure out how, how do you connect these dots? And um, just like you were saying, brother, you know, read in these other names, newer names into these old situations. So uh, let's go ahead and, and do that now. Uh, as we do so, brother, would you start us off with a prayer as we get started reading? Absolutely. Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, your servant, Daniel said, speak, O Lord, for your servant heareth. So speak to us today through your word. Let your Holy Spirit guide my ears and my tongue and my mouth to speak the good news of salvation. Be with all of those who will be listening those who are being troubled by guilty conscience, those who have fallen away from your grace, that by the power and might of your Spirit, they may hear and receive the blessings and cause them to repent 
and to realize that every good and perfect gift comes from you. O Lord, as we swim in the ocean of your grace, pour upon us an overflowing abundance of your mercy, your kindness, and your grace, so that we might be enriched to tell our old, old story of our salvation, which Jesus has procured for us through his death and glorious third-day defeat of sin, the grave, and the devil. It is in the name of the risen, reigning, and returning Lord we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, brother. All right. So we read over the, the psalm its entirety yesterday, but I want to focus on some of these parts that we didn't really have a chance to go over. Um, you know, we saw how yesterday it is a lot of focus on the Exodus, but it starts uh, talking about the situation of, of this newer generation here that seems to have forgotten the word of God. And the new generation he's talking about, um, we're not talking about the, the tribes that were back in Egypt that were, you know, leaving and crossing the Red Sea, but particularly we're talking about the situation that starts off in verse 9, where it says the, the Ephraimites armed with the bow turned back on the day of battle. They did not keep God's covenant, but refused to walk according to his law. They forgot his works and the wonders that he had shown them. In the sight of their fathers, he performed wonders in the land of Egypt and the fields of uh, Zon. So uh, then it goes into the rest of the, what those wondrous works are. But uh, So the question very naturally arises, okay, hang on a second. So what, what did Ephraim do here, or better, uh, what did they not do um, that shows this faithlessness and this same pattern as their ancestors? Remember, dear brother, I wasn't with you yesterday on uh, the radio, so I did not hear anything. Briefly, just to quickly here, we'll say the Exodus, of course, is the great deliverance that God brought about the yes. 12 tribes of Israel. And Ephraim is one of the sons, actually the second son of Joseph. And he replaces Joseph in the um, category of Jacob's sons, okay? And remember that after they were delivered to the promised land, they, um, Joshua and um, Caleb and ten other spies were supposed to go to the land and check it, and everybody had um, said no. And, of course, with that came the judgment of 40 years. So that generation had passed. Now the new generation rises. They go into the land, and they forget the, uh, the grace of God. So who are the Ephraimites? As I said, Jacob's right. son. But what in particular did they, what was their sin? Remember, they were part of right. the two and a half tribes in the northern part of the kingdom. And what did they do? They set up a different altar to worship. And they had forgotten Exodus 20, you shall have no other gods. And so they were turned back because the Israelites, the uh, Judeans, you know, because the tribes were divided into two different categories. And so you have the 10 versus the 2. Judah is on the south. Israel is on the north. And uh, they went fighting. And also, if you remember, the Ephraimites were the ones who um, kidnapped all of these women because uh, Israel, Judah 
pretty much destroyed them because of their sin. And so they had to do all of these things. Anytime you start meddling with the will of God and his law to make it apply to you, you are messing things up. And that's drastic. And we see this right here. The law comes to uh, hammer them down because they have forgotten his words. One of the things I love to teach in catechism, whether it's adults Mm -hmm. or uh, young people, is begin with uh, Exodus 20. Before we get to the commandments, the Lord says, remember, I am the Lord your God who has brought you out of Egypt. Then he gives us the commandments. So first, we have the salvation story. I am the God who brought you out of the slavery, and these are the ways that you ought to live for me under my watchful eye and under my protection. And then he lists all of these 10 freedom words that I call them. And we forget this. We think that the commandments were given so that we can, you know, earn God's favor or so to speak. But you can never earn God's favor. We have been saved. All of the things we do now is a reflection of our thank you to the God who saved us. That's the key element of the Ephraimites have forgotten. And how often, even today, even for me and for you, we are pastors. And we know the salvation that God gives to us. We know that. And yet somehow, some way, the old law of sin creeps right in. I need to do something to make God love me. And we forget that God loves me in spite of me. And if people right. would marinate the word of God daily in their hearts and their heads by saying, Abba, I belong to you. Repeat that, not like an Indian uh, chanting, but repeat that. Abba, I belong to you. Abba, I belong to you. Why do we want to say this? That points us to the relationship we have with Abba, Father, and all of the blessings we receive from him. That's right. And it's, you know, it really is interesting. I appreciate you, you uh, kind of just refreshing um, everyone's uh, memory for all our listeners. But okay, who is Ephraim? And just like you were saying, so he's he's Joseph's younger son. He's got, he has his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And it's really interesting because, um, you know, I have this kind of repetition of history where the younger son gets the, the firstborn blessing um, rather than the older son. Uh, and so Ephraim becomes then the the seat of power in the north, like you were saying. And so what's interesting is uh, different parts of the scriptures, you know, sometimes just have the south just referred to as Judah, and and the north will just be referred to altogether, even though, like you were saying, even though there's, uh, you know, like ten and a half tribes in the north, um, they're just kind of referred to all in this kind of one blanket term is just Ephraim. Um, So what, what should be a name that just captures the grace, right? Just like you were saying, did, did, did little, uh, you know, little boy Ephraim do anything to deserve, uh, you know, that, that special blessing from, from grandpa, right? When he was adopted um, as one of Jacob's own sons and given uh, not only that, but the firstborn blessing um, that his older brother 
uh, would have deserved by right of position? No, I mean, I mean nothing. But but Ephraim just receives all this all this grace, um, and, and yet you know despite that, despite all the grace, you know it's it's Ephraim's performance ends up lacking, and it's just like you said, it's because um, that's the word here is this forgetting. So. I mean, so th- this is this is what we want to like be asking ourselves. So, like, um, you know, so like, what was this situation where they where they forget, um, and then what is it that they that they do with this um, turning back on the day of battle? And, and I think you started to, to kind of get us get us there. This idea of um, Ephraim turning to ways of idolatry um, and setting up um, other false worship. So. Um, could you could you maybe well i guess i, I was going to ask if you could say a little bit more about that but it's <laughs> looking at the time well, it's me, already time for our first, second uh, it's already time for our second break here but i will i will i will let you just get right into it when we get back um but everybody uh hold on we're going for another break here but check out do that 1-800 number first here some support here that gets matched for kfo share be right back David Boyce Clare. I'm pastor of Bethesda and Faith Lutheran Churches in Pine Lawn, Missouri, in the St. Louis area. I, I'd like to uh, share with you what KFUO means to me. Over the years, anytime I need encouragement in my faith and just to be buoyed up in my spiritual life, KFUO has been there. And uh, I think it's the messenger of good news, as they say, and it also is Christ for you everywhere, every time. It's, uh, it's a joy to uh, be associated with um, our Lutheran Church Missouri Synod's radio station, which is such a blessing to many of us and to uh, members of our churches. They are faithful to the Holy Scriptures and to the Lutheran Confessions, and they challenge young people in their faith to um, continue to grow as they study God's Word, as they continue to uh, live their Christian lives in Word and Sacrament, the Word of the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who loved us so much that He gave Himself as a sacrifice for our sins, and who rose again from the dead so that we too, through Holy Baptism, might live in newness of life. I encourage anyone within the sound of my voice to support and to uplift KFUO Lutheran Radio. God bless you. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. Looking at Psalm 78 here, uh, we do have uh, opportunity for some questions. If you do have a question or a comment for for me or for our guest today, we've got Pastor Nabil Noor. Um, you can go ahead and send an email. You can do kfuo at kfuo.org. 
Um, or if uh, if the stream's still going on Facebook, I, I, I was just checking it. I think it is facebook.com slash H.A. Espinosa. Any comments or questions? Um, if, if you want to call um, for questions, uh, we'll do some calls next week for questions. Um, but if you call right now, 1-800-730-2727, great opportunity to support KFUO if you uh, want to make any pledges of commitment. Um, and also there, just as a sign of uh, thanks, there there's some there's some cool gifts. They got some new some new shirts um, and also like some license plate frames and some other little goodies just as uh, some thank yous um, as, as that support gets matched. So lots of good stuff um, going on right there. But brother, you were about to kind of uh, help us understand this a little bit here. We were just looking at this verse nine, uh, you know, so Ephraim, we, we have the story of who Ephraim is, but okay, well, what, how are they being faithless? What exactly did they do that, that Asaph yeah. is talking about here? Well, let me just say, um, uh, first and foremost, I don't know if yesterday you explained um, the uh, names. Ephraim means to be fruitful. And meant mm-hmm. to say, to, to forget. Okay. What did Ephraim mm-hmm. specifically, what is the sin of Ephraim? Uh, yeah. They abandoned God by setting an idol. So the people, the two and a half tribes would not go to... Um, Jerusalem to worship. And of course, that's breaking the first commandment. And um, so uh, they were asked not to do that. And specifically, that was the uh, problem that caused the difficulties that brought them who uh, saved them. And so when you look at the life of Ephraim and the two and a half tribes up there, what did they actually do? What was the big sin? When they sent the idolater, uh, the idols to worship, they had forgotten who God is. And when you serve an idol, you are serving the devil. And the devil always takes you and leads you into the path of darkness and destruction. And we see this even today as you look at all the riots that's going on. Because if people really, if people really feared God, they would never do what they are doing. All of the discrepancies, all of the hatred, all of the racism, all of the things that are going on is because we elevate ourselves rather than listening to God's word. And it is no different. The sin that FYM did is no different what, Ad, uh, what Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden. Did God really say This is God's word, and we are questioning the authority of the word of God. And any time you do this, so you realize uh, that is the cause of pain. So when you think of Ephraim and what he had done, they were supposed to be fruitful, to be producing fruits of thankfulness. But what did they do? They wedded themselves to idols rather than finding rest in God and in his goodness. They tried to find rest in other things, the things of the world. And when you try to find joy or pleasure in the things of this world, you are asking for nothing but pain and sorrow. Certainly that's... um... Anytime you connect yourself to an idol, 
right. you have shut the door on God's grace and God's mercy. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the idolatry, I mean, I appreciate the way you're breaking it down. Um, you know, we understand that idolatry is not just a matter of, you know, setting, setting up a statue and, you know, bowing down before it, but idolatry is just like you were saying, it's anything that really we set up in the, in the heart and, and where we make something ultimate where only God should be that ultimate thing. And so, yeah, you, you look out today and you, you, you look at, uh, I mean, you mentioned like racism, for example, right? Where, you know, the, the thing that should matter most um, in terms of our identity is that we are in Christ and that we're his people, that we are his flock. But when we set up an idol, we can have things like, you know, like, uh, you know, the, our, our, the color of our, color of our skin or, uh, the accents or the languages that we speak or any number of things. And we go and we say, Oh no, no, that's what makes someone really like me. You know, that that's what makes someone my kind of people. Um, and, and as soon as we've done that, I mean, that that's just like you were saying, the opposite of the Christian spirit, because now we've somehow subordinated the body of Christ and the spirit of God. We, we, we've gone and said that that connection matters less um, than these other connections. So yeah, it, it's idolatry, just like you were saying. And, and uh, you do see that, of course, in the description in the stories of the people of Israel, and particularly like you were saying, you know, those, those northern kingdom, uh, those northern tribes in the northern kingdom, they did come to an end in the invasion of the Assyrians, uh, you know, and, and it's really it's really something how that last king in the north, um, Hoshea, he was um, an Ephraimite, you know, I mean, like the Ephraimites, like they, they ruled over the north. And so there he is, he belongs to the kingdom of uh, Ephraim, the Lion Royal House of Ephraim. But I mean, just the, the, the whole thing, it's just a problem. Um, you know, he, he's appointed by, in fact, the Assyrians, and, it's, and they're only invaded by the Assyrians because they don't do a, a good enough job being faithful to this, this foreign empire. So it's just, uh, and you have that description there, um, ultimately, um, in like Second uh, Kings 17, there's a really um, good description of it where it just goes and it just lays it out. Why does that exile happen? Why do the Assyrians come and say, okay, no, 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 you weren't, you weren't playing by our rules. It says, is it, this occurred because the people of Israel had sinned against the Lord their God who brought them up out of the land of Egypt from under the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and had feared other gods and walked in the customs of the nations whom the Lord drove out before the people of Israel. So it's just the exact same thing as what we read um, in, in the psalm here. They, they forget the Exodus, they forget the God who saved them, um, and they, they worshipped other gods. Let me just add one other point to what you said, dear brother, and it is this. Yeah. The Lord knocked at the heart of the Ephraimites, but they remained in their folly. Even though our gracious God, we are told he's long-suffering and patient. But there is a time when he says, okay, this is how you're going to live. I'm going to let you go. And you're going to find exactly what's going to happen when you disobey my precepts and my statutes. It is no different than if you look at Luke 15, the young boy tells the second of the sons, the younger son, tells his father, give me my inheritance. In essence, he was saying, I hope to God you are dead so that I can have the inheritance right now. And in this way, this is what we see happening with Ephraim. 
They're saying to God, we don't need you. We can live on our own. And God finally says, okay, if that's what you want. I'm going to let you do that, but you're going to see and suffer the consequences of this folly. It is a folly because anytime you try to let man-made rule or man-made thinking over the word of the living God, we become poor in spirit. We will starve our spirits and we will hunger no longer for righteousness, but for the evil that's out there. When you lose focus of who you are as a child of God, and you seek to serve yourself rather than serving the God Almighty, there is nothing but pain and suffering and heartache and headaches. Even yesterday I was doing... Go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, like, you're talking about, you know, the, the pain and, and, the, and the suffering, right? And, and I think that, um, you know, the, that image that we have here in, in verse 9, it's a really interesting poetic image. Um, it, it's it's compared to a—you have here in verse 9, um, armed with the Let bow me look, I'm back look on the day— Right. Go ahead. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's it's really it's really interesting. So you got it's there in verse nine. Um, the Ephraimites armed with the bow turned back on the day of battle, and it's also then later in verse fifty seven, um, turned away and act treacherously like their fathers. They twisted like a deceitful bow, and, and it's a really interesting phrase, and, and it's one that maybe we are not so familiar with. I don't know how many listeners have actually, you know, picked up a bow and an arrow and and tiny archery. But I think the idea here, right, is like you, you go and you, you pick up the bow and you, you pull back on the arrow, right? And you're, you're holding this thing thinking when you let go, the arrow is going to be flying forward, right? You think you can trust this thing. Uh, But instead what happens, you got this bow that, that twists and instead all of a sudden what happens? Um, That bows, that arrow is not going to go flying forward, it's going to go off to the to the side. Um, it's going to possibly come up back at the person who's even pulling it back, so that the person hurts himself, or the person ends up hurting um, his brother in arms. That, that's right off to his his side, his left or his right. So I mean, it's this idea of uh, not only causing pain and suffering for the person who practices the idolatry, but we, we, we got to get out of our individualism. And recognize that when we practice idolatry and idolatry in the heart, it hurts our brothers and sisters and the people who are closest to us. Well stated. Dr. Luther said, I am nothing but a maggot. David Mm. said, I am nothing but a worm. And yet God takes this maggot and this worm and cleans it up and makes us, makes us holy and righteous in his sight. Ephraim lost focus of who they are. They elevated themselves above the word of God, above his statues, above his decrees. And in this way, they became the fools thinking and doing that which was right in their sight. It's similar to what happened in the book of Judges. Everyone did what was right in his eyes. And of course, doing things right in your eyes is such a detriment because in Genesis chapter 6, God looked at people and says, all the inclinations of man's heart are evil. If you are looking on your own outcome and how you're going to think, 
no matter who you are, whether it's me or you or anybody else listening to our conversation, our hearts are evil. That's why we are told that God will take the stony heart and replace it with the hearts of flesh. And this is why David, having sinned against Bathsheba, cried out unto the Lord, creating me a clean heart, O God. I can't do it. I need the baptismal water. I need his sacrament. I need his word to help me have that new creation that reconciles me back to God and show me how to live, not in folly, but in faithfulness, so that I may see the bright future that my Savior has earned for me. This is where we really need to pay close attention to each and every word. It is like honey to the tongue. It is joy to the heart. It is peace to the mind. When you ponder these words, when you reflect what God is saying, you say, oh, this is what my Savior is trying to say to me. This is the story that tells his story. And this is the joy that gives to me. We are not living in foolish stupidity, but in humility say, Lord, help me a poor, miserable sinner. And when you acknowledge your sinfulness rather than your arrogant pride, then you become humble in the sight of God. And then he will guide and lead you. And when you look at Ephraim and Israel and what they have done, and ultimately Judah also, because they both are Mm -hmm. taken apart and taken to captivity, when you let go of God and his promises, you see the pain and the anguish and the hardships. Yeah, that's, you know, that's just, that's just well said. This, I, I mean, we, it's so it's so easy to take it for granted and and there's this this irony i think in it too where when when we are arrogant in our thinking that's that's when ironically i think we we i mean we really kind of make ourselves less and we're less able to actually help people and yet when it's when, when we're humble that that's actually when the goodness of god that he has given us can actually shine through and we can actually be a help then to people. You know, I mean, so there, there's this, this irony, and I want to talk a little bit about it, particularly what did Ephraim have to offer the other tribes of Israel? And, and then, unfortunately, what, what, what did they not offer when, when they really should have? Um, hold that thought. We got to do one more break here uh, during the KFUO share here. So uh, just keep your ears open. Another opportunity to call in, make some pledges here. And we'll be right back here on Thy Strong Word in just a minute. We're celebrating the ministry of Worldwide KFUO. Please prayerfully consider supporting our ministry during Sherathon. Call 314-821-0850 or toll free 1-800-730-2727.
Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word, looking at Psalm 78 here. So we were just talking about this, you know, Ephraim. Okay, so what made them special? What what did God want to use uh, Ephraim for to be a blessing? But then when Ephraim acted in pride and went its own way, um, how did that actually end up hurting the other tribes of Israel? Um, so this is this is helpful, and uh, Pastor uh, Nabil Noor, our guest here, was helping us at the beginning of the hour kind of remember you know, a little bit about Ephraim, but just kind of remembering it again. So they're, they're in the south. You've got um, Judah, uh, and that's like most of the southern territory, basically, and Benjamin, which is, which is technically where Jerusalem was located there. Um, and it's interesting when you go and you, you look through like uh, Joshua and Judges, you know, the, the tribes, they were helping each other. Uh, Benjamin couldn't even occupy um, Jerusalem. I mean, Jeru- Jerusalem was actually in the hands of, of, of pagans until uh, there was a coordination of efforts here. And you actually had, uh, you know, Judah, you know, working together. Uh, with the other tribes, and, and it was when they were working together, then you could actually make that happen. But when when each tribe went its own separate way, things did not go so well. And that was particularly true there, because right north of Benjamin, who was there, well, there was Ephraim, and then uh, north of that, Manasseh, and the other tribes. And, and you see in Joshua and Judges, like these really, um, <laughs> these ominous little comments here and there, um, and Ephraim did not drive out the Canaanites, and Manasseh did not drive out, and it, and it just goes down this list, and like you just you hear so much about these groups throughout the later books, whether it's um, you know later on in in Joshua or in in First and Second Samuel or whatever it is, that these enemies of God were were a thorn in the side to all of the people, all the twelve tribes, because one of the biggest and most powerful tribes that is Ephraim did not act with faithfulness, and they turned away um, in those battles, um, just like it says here in Psalm 78. One of the things I would like to share with our saints is this. The Lord Jesus, when he was talking to Peter, he said, Get thee behind me, Satan. Jesus was focused on the mission and the ministry that God had given to him, his loving Father, to do. Ephraim was supposed to be fruitful and be a blessing to the rest of the tribes. God chose them. But they chose not to do so because of their folly. And by so doing, they hindered the others to work together. They became a burden for the other tribes. Rather than being a blessing, they became a burden. And how often do we? As Christians say, well, I'm just going to mind my own business. They can do what they want to. And I've always shared with my saints, I've always shared with my saints, we should never discuss budgets in the church or talk in the sermon about a thing, because I don't believe that's the way to do it. If our hearts are right with God, then our giving flow out of the generosity that God has given to us. Most people... Christian included, as well as Lutherans, we give for a cause rather than for the expansion of the gospel. And I see this in Ephraim's lot right here. Rather than saying, the Lord has given me all of these gifts, what should I be doing with them? 
we forget that the Savior has called us to share all of the goods that he has given to us. Why did God bless me so that I have, so that I have a very good nest for my retirement? No, it's for the benefit of my neighbor. And this is where Ephraim lost its focus. They forgot how rich they are in God's grace. And rather than focusing on that, they focused on the God of greed. And greed gets in the way and gives you heartaches because you lose focus of the God of grace who supplies all of your needs. Greed becomes your God because nothing will satisfy you. And we see this in the life of Ephraim and the other two tribes, where ultimately they forget the goodness and the greatness of God who delivers, who saves. And we are not much different than Ephraim. We think that God is so fortunate to have me on his team. He ought to be thankful for what I'm giving to him, which makes me, of course, start laughing because God does not need me or need you. Uh, that's really well said. And it really is something to, to, to stop. And when we were going through Joshua, really thinking about this, just like you were saying, you, know, you had these two and a half tribes of Joseph. You, you had, um, you know, West Manasseh and Ephraim there. And, and that, that hill country, I mean, that, that, was, that was a huge chunk of the area that was to the west of the Jordan. And then you had that, that half tribe of East Manasseh over there, which also was a gigantic uh, swath of territory and not just territory, but like you go through like the names, so many of the tribes um, had, had so many fewer clans and people. There, there were, there were a ton of clans that belonged to just to these two and a half tribes. Um, I mean, like, I don't know if it was quite like half, but I mean, it was, it was a huge chunk. And so you had just like all, all this people, all this wealth, um, you know, and it was, you know, what is, you know, what do you see there in the blessings that Jacob gave his sons? You know, Ephraim was, was put there right to the north of Benjamin because Judah and Ephraim were supposed to be these, like, uh, you know, like these twin pillars that were supporting Benjamin, you know, the, the little brother, right? There was supposed to be this blessing that would, you know, stand together and fight together and defend each other. Um, and it's so sad, just like you were saying, how Ephraim goes its own way, and Ephraim says, you know, I want to be great. Uh, I want to have all this 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 power to myself. You know, we, hey, we want our own king, our king in the north here, and and they and they go their own way. And and when they do this, Ephraim just becomes, um, I mean, be, becomes an enemy of God. And yet, uh, the grace, right? And we saw this in Revelation, is that um, there, you know, hey, look, the tribe of Joseph has not been expunged from the people of God. They're they're in the lists in Revelation. Joseph his name appears again. Like there, so there's still hope even for these enemies of God that turn away in arrogance that they would be brought back into the sheepfold. You are uh, absolutely right. God is the God of grace and the God of love. He always wants to bless us. He always wants us to know how much he loves us. Okay. He, that's constant because that's who he is. He does not change. What is interesting is um, I read somebody, uh, someone not long ago, and I don't know who, who said it, but it goes something like this. If you want to know the character of a man, give him power. Okay? Yeah. We see God. God has richly blessed Ephraim. 
But rather than using this power to be a blessing, they used it for their own personal gain. And this is where the folly of all of humanity, well, I have the power to do this. And we honestly forget that this power is God's gift to us. You know, one of the things I often hear, oh, pastor, you have a right way to talk to God. I don't. I'm no different than you. Okay, I don't have an access back door or privilege door to come through to to knock at God's door to say, hey, I want you to help me with this or with that. No, God, God has given me this so that I may make a difference in the life of the world. And this is what we ought to remember when we look at Psalm 78. This talks about the foolishness and the wisdom. To those who hear and heed the word and ponder it like Mary did and say, Lord, use me in spite of me. This is the key element. This is what we should be doing daily as the beloved of God. And the more we spend time in the word and pondering that word, the richer we are and we make other people richer in God's grace and God's blessings. Uh, it's so well said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to know the character of a man, give him power. I mean, just just something, right? You know, of course, Joshua of the tribe of Ephraim. You know, he had power, and uh, you know, he acted faithfully for a time. But but then, just like this psalm uh, shows, in the end, God abandoned Shiloh and, and Ephraim in favor of Judah, not because uh, Judah was was perfect, but just like you were saying, because Judah, like Mary, uh, serve. Let me serve in spite of myself. So well said, brother. Thank you so much for helping to uh, just shed some light on this on this psalm for us here. God bless you. I look forward to having you on again really soon. Thank you very much. God's blessings. Take care. Thank you, everybody. Pastor Nabil Noor at Trinity Lutheran Church, Hartford, South Dakota. Uh, we're moving on back into Exodus next week. Till then, I'm Pastor H.S. Espinosa. Peace. KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Thy Strong Word.